Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Siobhan, what is the number one thing that you like to tell besides me to shut up? That's such a weirdly phrased question. I don't know. <laughs> the time. Oh, yeah. I love the time. And you can do that re- very, very <laughs> easily now. Thanks to our sponsor of today's episode, Movement Watches. That's MVMT Watches. Uh, we're going to tell you all about Movement Watches later on in the show. But uh, if, you would, if you would like to, you can head to the URL, mvmt.com slash serious issues and check out a very exciting offer that's available only to our listeners. That is exciting. On with the show. Nice. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another incredible episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast brought to you by the good people at King's Comics in Sydney, 310 Pitt Street, if you ever want to come and visit, or kingscomics.com if you're too far away. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. Every week what we do is we review all of last week's comics and we let you know which are the ones that you should be reading too. We kick things off with a little uh, segment called First Things First. But before we do First Things First, it's time to let you know who are the two incredible patrons that this episode was made possible due to the support of. My favorite people. (laughs) It's a very long segment. (laughs) Um, So this week's episode is brought to you by patrons Morgan Roberts and Brad Love. Oh, thanks, guys. And these are two uh, two listeners that uh, we've had good interactions with, uh, particularly Morgan. Uh, no offense, Brad. Uh, <laughs> maybe start a podcast that we can guest on, but like Morgan did, um, Morgan has a podcast that uh, both Siobhan and I were guests on a month before last, mm-hmm. and it is called What Do You Make? Yep. Go check it out. Yep. Plenty of very other very talented guests that have been on there too, but our episodes are by far the best ones. I agree. Um, so thanks to Morgan and Brad for being a uh, long time, three months now, supporters of uh, the Serious Issues Patreon page. Thanks, guys. And uh, if you don't know about it, it is the best way to support the show. Um, mm-hmm. All you need to do is kick a couple bucks our way each month, and we're going to try and do heaps more content. Mm-hmm. We've got a few bonus episodes up there that you can listen to once you, as soon as you become a patron. We've got a mailing list, uh, and we've got a few other things that we promised we'd do that we are going to do very soon. We definitely soon. are. We've got some uh, very exciting uh, little, little episodes planned. So yeah. uh, stay tuned to that if you want to find it. Uh, it's patreon.com slash serious issues podcast. And uh, we would appreciate it greatly if uh, we got any more support from anyone else. Thanks, guys. Some fun prizes your way, too. Anyway, what was that earlier about first things first? Why? That's just <laughs> the segment that we opened the show with in which we review all of last week's number ones. And uh, it was a big week for number ones, Siobhan. It was. Last week, I said it was maybe the best week of, uh, of first things first. Um, this one certainly was a big week. Yes. But I don't think it was the best. So turn the episode <laughs> off, guys. 
<laughs> no, let's kick things off with a with a, a big, big, big book yep. that we've been working our way towards uh, from DC. This is the first issue of the massive event, maybe the biggest event, not even since Rebirth, probably since New 52, I guess, since Flashpoint. I mean, it definitely feels like the most significant since then because there's been like what forever evil yeah and convergence convergence but yeah is it just that i didn't read those and so therefore i didn't care about them i mean convergence wasn't really a real event it was just a yeah. bunch of spin-off things that were kind of loosely based of this convergence there was a there was a main book wasn't yeah there? yeah but it was so terrible i can't even remember what the basic concept it wasn't was. very impactful and then forever evil was very much like big thing in the way of like what Jeff Johns was doing with Justice League but it was mm. mostly a Justice League focused event yeah um, and, but also there also was that weird villains month that was not oh, great yeah. I don't but remember it was, any it was of great things. if you love lenticular covers which and we I do, do. <laughs> so Dark Knight's Metal is the big new event by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo Jonathan Glapion and FCO Placentia nailed it um, they are the uh, foursome that were responsible for the much beloved um, Batman run that Scott mm-hmm. Snyder and Capullo did with the other two whose names are more difficult to say than Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Um, and uh, this is them uh, reuniting for a massive uh, line-wide event called Dark Knight's Metal. We had uh, two kind of teasers. There was the casting and the forge mm-hmm. um, in the lead-up to this number one uh, that we enjoyed because it was bringing back a lot of things that we loved about the DC universe that we hadn't seen in quite some time. And this definitely continues that, um, although it has a uh, very, like, you know, when it says Dark Knight's Metal, yes, it is about the oomph metal mm-hmm. that is linked to not just all of Hawkman's stuff, but a lot of other things in the DC universe. But this is very much like a, a metal, a, like a, a, me- a rock, mm. hard rock, hard rock and metal book. <laughs> And uh, so much so that the front cover features um, the uh, Justice League assembled in a like a devil horns hand. Yeah, hand I was trying pose. to figure out what that was supposed to be. First, I thought it was supposed to be Aquaman's beard. <laughs> I like. And I was like, is that Aquaman's whole face? Is the page Aquaman's whole ba- face? Batman's a, a thumb. Nice. That's how I would definitely. <laughs> Batman is definitely the thumb of the, the thumb Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if I like totally hate this or completely love it. Like it's such a. Um, like, it's so clearly pandering to a certain kind of DC fan. But I am that kind of fan, so I'm fine with it. But then it's also, it's really silly. But I also kind of like how silly it is. I'm, I'm very okay with this book. Yeah. I think the silliness is, uh, is welcome. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, you know, I enjoyed some of Snyder's Batman run, but it's not my favourite. Took itself a bit seriously. Exactly, and this does not do that at all. No. And uh, I think I, I welcome that. From from Snyder because I, I think one of his favorite things that he's one of my favorite things of his that he's written is uh, American Vampire, mm-hmm. which does not take itself very seriously. It's a fun kind of horror romp book mm. that he did on Vertigo, and this feels more in line with that. Yeah, um, and uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, the, plot wise, you know, the Batman has been looking into the nth metal, and um, this kind of opens with them uh, fighting. Is it Mongol? Yep. Yep. And um, they, in order to fight him and his and his minions, they form in like a Voltron yeah. using all their mechs, <laughs> which was so dumb, but also like so knowingly dumb. I yeah, was, I was, exactly. I was all the way for it. Yeah, um, that was the moment where I was like, you either need to be like, you you need to go along with this comic, yeah, for to enjoy it. If you just go like, nope, this is some dumb shit. I am checking out. Then you will not, yeah. you will not appreciate it for what it's trying to do. So look, the. I think us trying to surmise the plot is pointless. There, yeah. is, there is a threat to the DC universe. Yes. And it's up to our heroes um, to, uh, to try and take on that threat as best they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, It appears to be caused by Batman. 
That's right. Flying too close to the sun. Uh, oh man, and it has a really I can't I totally forgot about the like shock ending, which <laughs> I actually physically went into Kings for the first time in a minute um, to pick up my comics last week. And Jim um, took me aside, I think pretty much just to make the point that he picked that ending. He guessed that, which I would never have guessed in a million years. So, right. good job, Jim. <laughs> um, so, I- I'm okay with uh, giving a light spoiler. Yeah. Um, who, so, you, I-, I reckon 80% of our audience has read this book. You, I hope so. If not, uh, jump forward. Um, so we, you're gonna. We, we jump forward like a minute or so. Yeah. Um, I, uh, we, we get little glimpses of... Um, a lot of things, you know, we've got the, we knew the Blackhawks are back. We mm. knew that Plastic Man is back. This has Red, Red Tornado coming back. One of my favorite robots that cries. Uh, the Metal Men. Can you think of anyone else besides we get to the big, the big, the big final page? Uh, I mean, Hawk Girl. Hawk Girl's there. Kendra Hawk Girl. That's right. Um, who is a Blackhawk at this point yeah. in the book. Um, and uh, these are all things that were, you know, I'm, I was very excited to see as a, mm-hmm. as a long-time DC fan. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, look, Dr. Fate. Dr. 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 Fate is going to have a cool, cool, cool role in this event too. Um, and these are all like great characters that, should be used more in DC. And I feel Absolutely. like, you know, they can't really hold their own book, but um, it's fun to have them as part of the big ensemble for an event mm. like this. And then the big kind of like, what the hell yeah. moment is that uh, finally uh, Batman is aided by Dream of the Endless, who what? you might know best from the Neil Gaiman Sandman mm-hmm. run. Um, and uh, complete with his very unique speech bubbles. Yes. That's how Jim. That's how Jim guessed it. Word balloons. How, oh, really? Why was it? Was is that how it was written in the first ones? Uh, no, it was like, like <laughs> it's not that impressive because um, George, the owner of Kings, got to see a preview of this when he was at San Diego Comic Con, but he wasn't allowed to see the last page, and so he asked Jim who has word balloons like that. Ah, uh, hilarious. Okay, well, Jim's not that, that yeah, smart. Exactly. You're not that I smart. I agree. Jim. I agree. <laughs> um, but Jim thinks. And like this is, seems like a pretty good guess is that um also this is so much fun because as everyone knows Jim is just a voice in Siobhan's head, <laughs> but he's not replying anymore. <laughs> um, he thinks that the like the dark metal verse could be the Vertigo universe, oh, and that right. maybe maybe the fact that Vertigo seems to be crumbling is because it's going to be brought into the mainstream DC universe. Which I don't know if I like. Who knows if that's what is actually happening? But I don't think I'd like that. Well, I mean, there isn't really much that they could bring that hasn't already... Like, you've already got Swamp Thing. You've already got Constantine. Yeah. You've got... What else? Who else is there? Like... You've just got, you've just got all the... All the dr- yeah. A hundred <laughs> bullets is suddenly going to be Yeah, like, yeah. what? It's <laughs> very silly. Um, yeah, but... Uh, so, Batman has a multiverse map. Mm-hmm. And when he turns it over, there's just darkness. Mm. AKA the other side of a map. <laughs> um, and so he thinks that's what's uh, leaking into his world. Mm. But I mean, we've seen in the kind of like what's to come in this event, we see that a bunch of evil Batman are going yeah. to come and get, come and come and try and attack them soon. So I don't remember an evil Batman book over at Vertigo. No, I agree. Some holes in your theory, Jim. You fool. Uh, we also got another. Uh, an, oh, sorry. Before we move on, I, I was into this book. I think this is really, yeah, yeah, really yeah, fun and fun. silly. Events should be fun and silly. Agreed. And this was exactly was exactly those two things. I'm looking forward to all of this uh, long event, which is going to be lasting till February. Yeah. Oh God. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Look at that. You got the calendar in front yeah. of you. It goes till February. Oh my God, that's crazy. Because I was about to be like, and you know what I like about this is that it's reasonably self-contained, and it is somewhat. It's just it's it's, yeah. it's going to take a long time. We get one one issue a month. Yeah, and six months from now is February, so the the sixth issue of Dark Knight's Metal comes out on Valentine's Day next year. Holy moly! So read it with someone close to you. <laughs> I 
So uh, we got another Sandman, uh, but a different kind of Sandman in uh, nice the segue. Jack Kirby celebrating DC number one. Uh, the Sandman oversized special. This is the um, not the first Sandman, but the Sandman that uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby mm-hmm. had their hand in uh, uh, creating in mm-hmm. the 40s. Um, it contains two stories, uh, one of which is written by Dan Jurgens with insanely good art by John Bogdanov. Did you, did you Bogdanov? I don't know what his name, how to say his name. I'm sure I killed it though. Um, did you like his art? I thought it was awesome. It was like very, very Kirby referential, but then with like moments of just like. Yeah, I mean, it didn't like like I think I was the the Paul Pope cover is my favorite thing about this whole issue. To sure. be totally honest, like I the art was. Good, excellent. What about that, when that double page spread was really good? Fun. With, with this weird, like, is it photograph Realist, backgrounds? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was really fun. It reminded me of like when um, those '90s cartoons where they would like the cartoon characters would be in the real world for a yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun shit. Um, I don't, I couldn't tell you like what this Sandman does. He's like a pulpy hero who mm. like attacks people's dream, who like goes into people's dreams and saves yeah. them. He's got like two minions who are. Yeah, I guess like the bad Evil guys, but he fights people's nightmares basically. Mm. Um, and in the first one, the the little boy whose nightmares he's fighting is Jack Kirby himself. That was cute. That was very cute. Steve Orlando wrote a story as well, um, which I didn't enjoy as much. Mm-hmm. And then there is some fun Jack Kirby backups. Uh, overall, it was a million times better than the Howard Chaykin one from last week. <laughs> Agreed. Um, and uh, a good way to celebrate Kirby. I think this this felt way more Kirby esque as well. Um, I gather you didn't read this one. I did one. not read this one. Uh, so uh, off the back of the Future Quest um, uh, story that started at DC last year where they brought all of uh, the um, Hanna-Barbera kind of science fiction cartoon world. So you got you had your Space Ghost and your... Uh, they all ended up having Adult Swim, uh, Harvey Birdman mm. and um, uh, the Glorps or whatever the fuck mm. that was. Um, this is written by Jeff Parker who wrote Future Quest... Um, with art by um, Ariel Olivetti, which was very probably the best thing about this book. The book, of course, I'm talking about is Future Quest Presents Space Ghost. And this was a deadly serious space ghost story, which I don't, I don't think I want. Maybe because I remember the Adult Swim Space Ghost show where he hosted his own talk show. Um, and uh, this was very much not that, which I understood, but it was just, it was so straight. And, it, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a ghost in space. Mm. That shouldn't be straight. Who needs that? You agree with me, right, young Shatterstar? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was cool seeing these characters drawn by Ariel Valley. It's, it's very, very great painted art. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And like Space Ghost costume is so good. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just like I don't have time for an incredibly stupid looking science fiction thing that is so goddamn serious. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so I want to be continuing on that one, which nice. takes us over to Marvel. We had a uh, another Generations number one. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is called Generations number the best. All New Wolverine meets Wolverine. Nice. Uh, written by All New Wolverine writer um, Tom Taylor with art by uh, Ramon Rosanis. I love the art. I mean... Really beautiful. If you compare this to the last two generations books we got, this is head and shoulders above Agreed. the other two. Yeah. Um, this made me, like, emotional. Yeah. I was like, I just got emotional reading a Wolverine comic. That's pretty funny. So, <laughs> Laura, X-23, now known as Wolverine, um, gets uh, transported back to... A pivotal moment in Wolverine's life. Mm. I kind of wish they would say exactly which issue these yeah. characters are going back to. Just that would be fun. It would, it would be really useful for people that host podcasts <laughs> to try and sound like they know what they're talking about. <laughs> um, but this was like 
Japan era Wolverine, where yeah, he's and, like, and everyone knows he only went to Japan once. <laughs> it wasn't wasn't somewhere that Wolverine ever returned to all the time, <laughs> and he never fought the, fought the hand multiple multiple times. The only time the Wolverine was a ninja. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is him. Uh, you know, he's looking for his daughter, adoptive daughter. Adoptive, what is her name? Aiko, or whatever. Yep. Um, and uh, and Laura assists him, and kind of she she knows why he's there, mm. and kind of. You just have to roll with it. You yeah. Don't kind of ask questions like, "Wait, why does he just accept that? That's why that that's, that someone that's in his costume is yeah helping him because or... he can smell it. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Power of smell. If, if only Wolverine. all the other Marvel characters had the power of smell. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, this was like you know I, I, in the recent kind of last few years have kind of seen Laura look to Logan as a father instead mm-hmm. of just the person that she was cloned from. Mm-hmm. And this has a, uh, a very emotional goodbye mm. based on that as she fades back to her own time. Um, I thought, you know, this was, this was actually not only sweet, but I felt like it might have ramifications for the future of Laura. Absolutely. It had like genuine character development and like a, a sense, like a bit of closure for her. Yeah, I think Jean Grey may have in a, in a way too. Yeah, maybe. But, um, uh, yeah, I think this was, this was great. And it was great seeing um, it was Lo- just a Logan, story. Logan and Laura, the the action sequence of mm. like of Laura ripping into Sabretooth as they fell from a plane, real fun, real good fun, real gory, real fun. I cried. And yeah, Roman Rosanas, you cried. Oh wow. <laughs> no, I mean I didn't actually cry, uh, but I went like, oh that's nice at the end. It was beautiful. Yeah, because you know that like the, the parent gene kicks in soon. Yeah, yeah. And you I start you start getting way start more getting emotional. emotional about Pixar things. movies are like. You got to take a week off work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never watch them on a plane, oh, or they'll man. land it. <laughs> um, so that was uh, Marvel's only number one this week, uh, which brings me to an interesting question. Uh, we know that after generations comes legacy, and they're returning to legacy numbering. Mm. We have a little segment that we're in the middle of right now called First oh God, Things yeah. First. I think Marvel have just just, just shot themselves it. in the foot. Oh yeah, all their new series aren't going to be part of uh, First Things First anymore. They're so. just not going to sell. Yeah, <laughs> the entire comic industry depends on this segment. Absolutely. Um, which I just, I just think it's interesting because, I mean, we are, I think we, there's been one week this entire year that Marvel hasn't had a number one mm. and we're going to enter a moment soon where they're not going to have any, mm. I guess, maybe. And I mean, until like they start doing them until, for new un- characters. And- well, yeah, until they start going, what the hell have we done? Quick, yeah. go back to number ones. <laughs> it's the only way we sell anything. Christ. <laughs> uh, Image this week put out three number ones. Um, the one that I'm pretty sure both Siobhan and I would say was our favorite. Is mm. Spy Seal by Rich Tommaso. Oh, man. What so a comic. You loved She-Wolf? Yes. She-Wolf by Rich Tommaso, which uh, wasn't on my radar for some stupid reason. Um, but uh, it's a strange book to be on Image. I know that Image is yeah. very broad in, in what it has, but this feels very much like a fanographics or drawn, drawn and quarterly kind of uh, publication. Um, it is Rich Tommaso doing his uh, best at an anthropomorphic version of Tintin. Absolutely. Um, it's so, so explicit like, in its Tintin well, yeah, the, the, t- the, the title page is, yeah. is exactly what, a, what the front cover of a Tintin book looks like. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we have like a, a, a seal um, mm-hmm. who goes to an art show with uh, his someone that a he's bird. just friend with. No, no, she's a... Oh, yeah, she's yeah, a bird. She's a bird. That's yeah. right. Sorry. And he meets someone who's a sexy, a sexy Russian rabbit. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, this is like if Tintin was an animal that also had sex. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> with um, other animals. That are not the same species. And then there's an assassination attempt and he ends up like taking down two assassins mm-hmm. uh, and ends up getting <laughs> recruited by um, by the government to be a spy. Which, like in the most fun sequence of like, hmm, son, have you ever thought of being a spy? Well, no, it's just you seem cool like a spy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could do it. And so this whole thing was written and drawn and I think colored by Rich Tommaso. 
um, it was it's like you know it's one of those things where I feel like this kind of book isn't going to make him any new fans of him um, unless you are already kind of pre like you know if unless you want a new Tintin kind of book. Yeah, I in, guess I feel in like 2017. I mean, it's a very. I mean, I always want more Tintin books. Um, and, like, this feels very different to She-Wolf and anything else that he's done before. Yeah. Like, She-Wolf was much more a homage to, like, sort of slightly exploitation-y chick horror movies. Um, and this is so, like, directness, references to Tintin. Um, yeah. I, um, I, I'm all the way fuck on board on this. Yeah, like it's, this is it's so, so good. good. And there has a backup, which is uh, another anthropomorphic animal uh, adventure called uh, Ninja Fukuro by Joey Weiser, which is about a ninja owl. Yeah. Um, uh, with like the cutest little like ending and reveal. Yeah, end. absolutely. And like this is the full package of this. You have yeah. like a really great, this is absolutely one that you want to get in single issue. Agreed. You have like a great little like letters section featuring pinups and kind of... Um, uh, work in progress as he develops his character. You have a great backup, and then just like you know, like I want the, a wallpaper of the of the mm. final page of this book. Like yeah. it's just beautiful. He's he, he's he's a very good designer as well Agreed. as a as an artist. Um, I love this. It's going to be fun um, seeing where this book goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that this is a classic character that he's able to return to many many times. Me too. Just like Tintin. He's Britain's slickest secret agent. Yeah, and you should be reading this. this is the, the first book is actually called The Court and Steel Phoenix. Perfect. That sounds like a lost Tintin. Yeah. And, we, and, and just recently, we were talking about how much we, were, you know, we love Tintin. Mm. We should do a Tintin bonus episode. Yeah, That'd we be should. Very fun. But it would I require would me actually it. like rereading them all, which is about three years worth of work. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fun. Um, so also from Image this week uh, is a book that I re- reviewed the zero issue of uh, on uh, an episode featuring the aforementioned Jim mm-hmm. um, while Siobhan was uh, on maternity leave mm-hmm. from this podcast that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't pay her very much. <laughs> um, um, but uh, Mage, the hero denied. Um, by Matt Wagner, written and drawn by Matt Wagner. This is uh, the third volume of this long-running image series. I didn't read this because I have no clue. You'd really like it. Oh, really? Uh, so, Mage... It looks very like Shazam. Well, yeah, kind of. It's not really, though. It's it's Kevin Matchstick is his name. Nice. And uh, he was an everyman, uh, he, but he has a chance encounter with a street wizard, Mirth, and he reveals him to be the reincarna- reincarnation of the legendary Arthur Pendragon. Oh, cool. And, Damn it. Uh, I would like that. <laughs> rightful wielder of the mystic weapon Excalibur. Nice. So, apparently at some point in the series, it was revealed that not only does he have the power to wield Excalibur, Excalibur but Excalibur is within him. Oh. So, he can basically, just like, um, what's his face from the X-Men, um, the New Orleans Marrow? one? The New Orleans one? I don't know. Oh, Gambit? Gambit. Gambit can, like, charge up anything. <laughs> the New Orleans one. Sorry. <laughs> um, just like he can char- yep. he can charge up anything and make it explosive. This guy can turn any stick or like, he was using a baseball bat and basically okay. that becomes Excalibur. Hilarious. So this one, he, he has, like, a twig that has, like, leaves and then he's, he, he fights off a bunch of demons by, like, hurling all the leaves at them and they spin off at them, at them like ninja stars. Nice. Um, he has a family now. He's older. He's balding. No wonder Jim likes his character so much. Um, but uh, it looks like Jim. He's been living. He's been living happily with his family in like you know some form of seclusion for quite some time. I guess since the last series ended, and now that these monsters have realised that this is where he is, they have to move again. Um, this is going to be a really really fun series. I've not read the first two volumes, but I've really got a kick out of reading this one. Who and wrote it? Matt Wagner. Matt Wagner. Right, right, right. Who's a you know just a, a absolute treasure in the mm. comics industry, and um, this was a joy to read. His art's excellent. And uh, the story is a lot of fun. Mm. I recommend you pick this one up and, keep, and start reading. 
I also didn't read this because I remember, like, I tried to read the last series starring this character and I went like, ah, it's just not for me. I'm talking, of course. Oh, sorry, she's talking, I'm of, talking course, of course. about uh, I can't even kind of read the font of this. Genius? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Genius. Genius Cartel number one. Uh, this is written by Mark Bernardin, who I know best from being the co-host of Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman podcast. Cool. Um, it's uh, art by Adam Freeman, Rosie Campy, and Brad Simpson. Uh, and this is about a, uh, like a, sorry, it's written by Adam Freeman and Mark Bernardin. Uh, the artist is Rosie Campy. There you go. Um, this is about a, a, a rebel who is uh, captured by the government. Um, after leading many, many revolts against the government. And uh, she is kind of studied and put in like this kind of school for would-be terrorism thwarters. Cool. Um, and uh, she's she has a great brain for this kind of work, but she's also uh, ruthless and cold. Mm. So they kind of see her as a sociopath. Um, and uh, this is basically about the government manipulating her to become the perfect agent. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. It was kind yeah. of good. It was, you know, I, I didn't realize it was, uh, like, there, there were definitely references to things that had happened in previous books that yeah. now I realize weren't just them referencing something that happened that no one knows anything right. about. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, coming to this completely fresh, there was enough to kind of hold my hand and guide me through it. Yeah, cool. And for a Top Cow book, it was nowhere near as pervy as the uh, kind of books that I'm used to them. That said, look, I'm not. I'm Huge probably, disappointment. I'm probably not going to continue with this. Um, if I am looking for a trade in the future, I might pick up the first one and see if I like the character from that first. But uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't bad at all. Hmm. Uh, Valiant this week put out a zero issue of a, a series that we're a big fan of uh, by Matt Kint. Um, normally has uh, art by a guy called Trevor Hairsign or something like his name is. I don't know. Uh, this had art by Renato Guedes and it is D- Divinity number zero. Mm-hmm. Um, after we've got three volumes of Divinity, this is a kind of, I don't know what this is the precursor to. I guess Divinity 4. Yeah. Or, no, actually, I so. actually, no, I think he's, no, Eternity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, I don't know. Who knows? We have Valiant fans who are no doubt going to just tell hit, us. Me, hit me with answers very, very soon as soon as this goes up. But um, yeah, Divinity was uh, this great series which starts with um, a bunch of cosmonauts uh, stranded in space and returning to, uh, um, to Earth with incredible powers. Um, Divine powers, you could say. Yes, that's right. Uh, most recently, we saw um, the most powerful of the cosmonauts uh, team up with none other than Vladimir Putin and uh, revert the world to a... Uh, a world in which Russian is the is the strongest power in the world, mm-hmm. um, and uh, this kind of catches you up with all with with what's happened in all the Divinity characters, uh, you know, in, in all those Divinity books so far, and also his relationship to um, the other characters in the Valiant universe. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Um, well, who's the main one? Is his name just Divinity? <laughs> well, anyway, Divinity. I didn't realize that he was like in a romantic relationship with Mishka. Right. That was news to me, but cool. I think that's because we never read the first one. Ah, there you go. <laughs> but she was like the kind of the 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 bad guy in the second one, and then yeah. she ends up being Actually you know convinced to be good by the end. Um, the art is is painted spectacular, epic. Yeah, it looked like um the first page. It felt very like Vertigo kind of Sandman vibes almost. Definitely. And in the last uh, volume of Divinity, um, we saw a bunch of other kind of Russian characters enter the fray and they're all now part of, of, of the Valiant universe and we catch up with them too. Mm. And um, everyone's like, why didn't you just destroy them? And he's like, no, they do not need to be destroyed. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's cool. I, yeah. I, it was just a very, you know, Kent does great stuff for Valiant. He sure does. A great example he's done some great things for that universe. Um, I also read, read Dead of Winter. I started reading this and I just went, nah. I can see why. Yeah. So this is the uh, comic book version of a card game. 
Which doesn't bode well for hot. anybody, right? <laughs> it's written by Kyle Starks, who um, has been doing... What's that, Hobo? Oh, the big, okay. The Big Rock Candy Mountain. That makes a lot of sense to me. Because that's another book that hasn't really connected very well with you. Yeah. Um, he's also written a book called Sex Castle. So Sex, Sex Castle. Oh, okay, Did yeah. Did you read that? that the trailer that just came out this week. So that's on my to-read list this, this week. I don't know. It's about like an action hero, I guess. Okay. His name is Sex Castle. I could be very wrong. Right, cool. Um, but people love that book. Like, absolutely adore that book. Mm. So that's why... Carl Stark is getting quite a lot of work at the moment. Hmm. Um, and uh, this is basically a, a zombie survival comic um, that is somewhat comedic. Um, and yeah, the, the, the card game is a zombie survival card game, so that makes sense. Um, with wacky cards, so that's why there's the uh, the wacky kind of fun stuff going on in this. Right, okay. But uh, yeah, it's a kind of... Uh, a, it's, a, it's a zombie survival book in which there is a, um, a dog who is a superhero. Yes. And, and just friggin' hates zombies. Yeah, the like redneck character was the bit where I was like, nah, I don't think that. He just, yeah, he just loves guns. Loves yeah. guns. Uh, uh, look, this was this was brainless, mm. which is pr- brainless <laughs> enough uh, to uh, kind of just be a fun kind of page turner. Mm. And there are a couple of good jokes in it. Mm. And I liked, <laughs> I liked that like they um, they all go on a big raid to find supplies. They look all looking for food. And um, some of the women in the party go, oh, thank God, it's the, we hit the jackpot and they found a big uh, pyramid of tampons. Nice. <laughs> um, that is good. The art in it is by Gabo and Crank. Cool. <laughs> Gabrielle Gabo Batista, but still also lettered by Crank. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it suits the tone of the, um, of the book pretty well. It's quite cartoonish. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for a comedic um, zombie book or you're a fan of the card game, or a fan of Kyle Stark's work. You know, it, it definitely feels like a book that he wrote. So, mm. go check it out. Finally, another Zero issue uh, written by Marguerite Bennett with um, Christina Trujillo. And then art by Moritat, mm-hmm. who we saw most recently on the Hellblazer book mm-hmm. over at DC. This is Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Um, which I took a stab at the dark of saying that she was Sheena, the Jungle Queen. I wasn't far off last week. Yeah. I said, I said Sheena the She Devil, who I'm sure is another character. That's a that's a Marvel character. Right, okay, there you go. She he was in she was she was in Frank Cho's um Wolverine book, Savage Wolverine. Yes, yes, yes. That was cool. That was cool. That was a fun cheesecake book. Mm. Um Sheena, obviously a cheesecake character. Um, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> yes. Um this sees her in, in like a quite a short issue. This is a one dollar zero issue that Dynamite put out. Uh sees her kind of basically like explore some hidden some like futuristic technology that that enters her jungle mm-hmm. um the entire thing is not just narrated but like she talks to herself in this yeah which is horrible she massively over narrates her own life i hated that so much there were so many moments where it was you know it was like yeah. reading um there's been a, a passionate debate going on in the series she's facebook page this week uh after my comments about um old man what's his face is x-men run chris claremont that's his name Better known to others as Old Man What's His Face. Old Man What's His Face. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the overriding, the everyone announcing things as they do them. I, I, can't, I, yeah. I get that it, at its time it was groundbreaking. I just find it so hard to go back to. Mm. And I had a lot of trouble going back to this, like reading this issue. But and I think it's also like her narration is kind of boring and weird and she doesn't seem to have a personality. Yeah, like Chris Claremont books. <laughs> just kidding. They're great. <laughs> um, but like this, I, I mean, I would love, I was sort of almost like, cool, Marguerite, like two women are writing this book. Maybe this will be like a slightly, I'm like, I understand staying true to the sort of conventions of this kind of like slightly cheesecakey, pulpy book. But like you would, I would have thought that maybe having a female perspective would mean that she wasn't wearing like a ludicrous swimsuit. But like, how'd she get that in the jungle? Where's she 
how's she shaving her armpits? Where's she getting her fringe trimmed? Like, all these things I have problems with. And, like, it would have just been kind of... I would love to see female writer take on a legacy character like this and be like who nah, can still be hot she's a hairy little yeah. demon woman right sure she's a, a female hot, wolverine yes <laughs> she's a female wolverine that's exactly what i said um so that this obviously was not that's not what i wanted yeah i didn't like this issue but it is a zero issue so maybe this is something that they had to write you know quickly and just as a kind of fun little taste i might give that first issue a shot oh yeah um, when, it, when it comes out because we have to because we review all the number ones that said I, there were, there were two number ones I that I just I threw, I threw on the ground oh really what were they it's like a tarot book and oh. something else see you should have read the tarot book I bet that would I bet that would have been better um, if only I had better time management to do that Siobhan. oh my god <laughs> what a seamless segue uh, this week's episode of Serious Issues is brought to you by Movement Watchers have you heard of Movement, Siobhan? I have heard of them because um, of other podcasts that they advertise on. That's so right. I was like, ooh, we're doing real advertising. Um, Not that we haven't done real advertising in the past. Other advertisers. <laughs> um, but we are now the proud owners of two Movement Watches, which yeah. were started by two friends. Did you know that? Two friends, that. just like us, starting a podcast, <laughs> putting our futures into our own hands and saying, we can do this. Um, they were two broke college kids who wanted to wear stylish watches but couldn't afford them, so they started their own watch company. Starting a company <laughs> takes a lot more money than just buying a watch. In the same way that starting a podcast is a lot more money than just telling your friends which books you hate <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so movement watches start at just Australian, so $135 Australian, which is about $4 American. Um, <laughs> at a department store, you're looking at about 500 to 600 bucks. Uh, Movement figured out that by selling online, they were able to cut out the middleman and retail markup, um, providing the best possible price for you. They've got a classic design, quality construction, and styled minimalism, and they've sold over over 1 million watches in 160 countries. It's very impressive. Uh, So if you want to get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns, go to movement.com slash serious issues. I've... We both got two watches yeah. from Movement. They're really, really like lovely. This is the nicest watch I've ever owned. I've genuinely gotten compliments on it. It's like, yeah, it's awesome. a really nice watch. Are you are wearing it right now. I'm wearing it right now. It's beautiful. It's because I've never been a watch person, and it's so nice that I'm like, no, I need to actually wear this. I remain not a watch person, but mm. also a hoarder. So <laughs> it has joined, joined a special little collection in my top drawer of my bedside table with a, a watch that it was made in like the shape of a Millennium Falcon. Cool. And some other one. Nice. But uh, I think... It, what a classy it, array of watches. <laughs> it, were I to wear one first, I would wear this movement one first. It's a good call. Uh, step up your watch game and head to movement.com slash serious issues. Join the movement. Do and it. Thank you so much to Movement Watches for uh, sponsoring this episode. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, so now we're going to play a game called Roll the Dice for DC, Marvel, or Image. Uh, one to two is DC. Three to four is Marvel. Five to six is Image. If only this was a video podcast, you would see that I just rolled a four. It was so exciting. Which is Marvel. And then I rolled a four, which is Marvel. <laughs> and then a five, which is Image. So nice. we're going to do Marvel, then Image, and DC. Cool. Uh, let's kick things off with a review of The Mighty Thor, issue number 22, written by uh, Jason Aaron. And this is hilarious. Uh, Russell Dorderman gets first billing mm. on this as, as the artist on this book. He drew the first page. <laughs> <laughs> I love Russell Dorman's art. I'm not, I, I get that he's kind of like being kind of billed as a, as a storyteller in the same yeah. way that Jason Aaron is of this uh, long, long, long and fantastic series. But the uh, bulk of this issue, um, all but one page, is done by Valerio <laughs> Shitty. Um, that is very funny. This continues the fantastic uh, War Thor storyline. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's just, it's just another chapter in 
what must be Marvel's best book over the last five, six years. Like overall, <laughs> of comic, when must yeah, be. It, I don't know. I, I couldn't possibly say, but it's been extremely good for an extremely long time, which we don't necessarily, like we don't get to see a lot of the time creators doing sort of character defining arcs anymore. Yeah. I've, I've been like, you know, being a bit more vigilant about which comics I keep. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a a run that I'm very proud to own every single issue of. Yep. Mostly because it, I, I kind of like, you know, in spite of what everyone says about Marvel and how annoying all the renumbering is, it is kind of fun watching the journey this book has had. Mm. Like it's had, like you, you had the original God of Thunder Thor. Mm-hmm. Then you have like the, the bizarre kind of original Sin five issues with mm-hmm. Angela. Then the Mighty Thor stuff. There's been like, it, it's, it's been a fun little ride. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, this issue, yeah, we, is, is all about, it's not Hagrid. What's his name? Volstag. <laughs> <laughs> um, Volstag is now the, the War Thor, and he and he takes on the Queen of Cinders in Muspelheim, mm-hmm. um, and uh, is uh, is just as he's is about to be attacked and, and, and destroyed by. And actually, no, just as, just as he's about to destroy all of Muspelheim, mm. uh, he uh, first receives a, a helping hand by Jane Foster, who then takes him the fuck out of there before he allows his war emotions to get the better of him. Mm. This is a fun book. It's just really fun. It is, it's, it's what I want a comic to be Absolutely. all the time. Yeah. And I never read it and go like, ugh. Like, totally. Yeah, it's just always extremely entertaining. And there's like a level of like sort of creative silliness, which is very in keeping with like, you know, what Jack Kirby created. Um, like things like the Queen of Cinders, what's her name? Like... Her name's like Sin or something. Like like just all these fire people and how a fire people for society would work. Cinder, S-I-N-D-R. Yeah. It's really silly. I like it a lot. And uh, she tries to attack Volstag with um, with lava sharks mm-hmm. and he ends up wielding the lava sharks like nunchucks. Yeah. And throwing like, them at her. What is not to love about this? Um, this was this is just a, a very very fun issue and probably one of my favorite issues of the week. Yeah, overall. agreed. I know I always I th- I'm pretty sure like the joke of me saying things are the best of the time. I'm pretty sure 90 percent of the time I'm only talking about this book. <laughs> so I think I just love this book. You just love this book. I'm, allowed, love, I'm allowed to say you just love consistently. Jason I do love Jason Aaron, yeah. and I was very excited that Southern Bastards is back yes, this week. But we'll talk agreed. about that when we talk about Image. Um, what book should we talk about next? Potentially uh, the Ultimates issue 100. It is the thing that is at the top of my pile. Um, so this. Is actually like issue like fourteen or whatever of Ultimate Squared, the Al Ewing run. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the final issue of the Ultimates that he's been uh, writing for the last couple of years. Um, if you combine the twenty something issues he wrote with the thirty something issues that Mike Millar wrote, with the however many issues Jeff Loeb and Hickman wrote, it mm-hmm. some, you somehow get a hundred issues. Somehow, I'll allow I don't know it. Who did that math? Um, and uh, this sees. Galactus forming his ultimates yeah. of like this uh, like cosmic ultimates. Mm. Um, there is so much cosmic nonsense in this that it's quite hard to follow. But the key takeaway is that Travel Foreman is very good. Yeah, that's right. Um, we also see the speaking of Mark Millar, we see his original ultimates team of the ultimate version of Captain America, Tony Stark, um, the Wasp, Ant Man, the weirdly rapey Hulk. Yep, uh, they, they they all my least favorite Hulk assist in the battle. He's got such a fucked face. He's so awful. But like that, you know, like I would, I want Travel Foreman to do a Hulk book now because he draws a killer Hulk. Yeah, yeah. And the panel where Blue Marvel punches Hulk in the face was amazing. So what do you think that, you know, this Al Ewing's um, Ultimates run began by, with the Ultimates 
fixing Galactus by mm. turning him into a power of good. He's the life the bringer life now bringer. instead of the, what was he called before? The life sucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, all, all signs were pointing towards him being reverted by mm-hmm. the end of this series, but Al Ewing even says as much in the end. He didn't want to do that. He mm. wanted to keep him as this force of good, the life bringer. Infuriating comic book readers <laughs> the world over. I like him as, as, as a good character. Yeah, I don't mind it. I Lynn love the from Kings is furious about it. She hates it. Well, sorry to you, Lynn. Sorry, Lynn. I, I, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, obviously it's going to revert back at some point mm. or he'll like, you know, have go under the influence of someone else's thing or whatever yeah. and, and, and destroy a bunch of worlds. Suck a bunch of worlds as he, mm. ca- classic catchphrase. <laughs> I will suck your world away. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think he's like you know he's he's always been a compelling character, mm. and, I, and I like him trying to undo all of the all of the damage he's done to the universe over the years. Mm. Yeah, hopefully agreed. it gets handled well by another writer in the future. I think it probably will not be. Damn. Um, also, God, there was so much that I hated about Mark Millar's Ultimates, like the little Hank Pym going to hit Janet in this, like just Christ. Anyway, it's fine. Oh, wait, he, he actually does tries to hit her again? No, but isn't there a bit where he's like, why I order? Like, <laughs> 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 One of these days. <laughs> I, I, I miss that, unfortunately. Someone. I just want, my, my mind like fogs over as soon as they try and remind us that mm. him once punched Jan- Jeanette. Yeah. Like, it's just like, just like, leave it, Marvel. Yeah. Drop it. <laughs> Allow him absolution or Or just get don't rid of use him. the character anymore. Yeah, exactly. Those are the two things you may do. Um, speaking of Al Ewing, um, we had the ninth issue of US Avengers, um, which tied into Secret Empire this week and um, featured uh, half of them breaking out of a Hydra jail and the other half um, aiding some European um, superheroes against Hydra. It was a really, cool. fun, it was a really fun issue, and um, it looks like this 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 book is kind of looks like it's, it's coasting towards the end of its run too, and we're going to see what's happened to Cannonball. Because as we know, he was seemingly killed oh. in one of the space battles of Se- during Se- Secret Empire. So oh, was he? we'll find out what's going on in that. Um, this is just a fun... It's a fun book with a massive ensemble cast. And mm. because they are quite... Like a majority of the characters in this are characters that he's either built f- for his series himself or the characters that don't have much weight in the larger Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. He's able to do a lot of growth for a lot of them. That's fun. And so it's fun. Yeah. Um, what you, you make the pick next. What do you um, want to talk about? Let's talk about... That one looks good. <laughs> Astonishing X-Men 2? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you didn't get to talk about Astonishing X-Men number one, written by Charles Soule with um, art originally by, I think Jim Chung did uh, issue one. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. But, and uh, of course, when you, know, when you know you get Chung on a book, it's not going to last very long. And yeah. it only lasted one issue. In fact, every issue of this run is going to be drawn by another of Marvel's top tier artists. And so this one was written by um, Mike Diodato with mm-hmm. colors by Marcos Martin. Um, and uh, this is about a team of uh, Avengers, which includes like um, Wolverine and Phantom X and Gambit and um, Rogue, Rogue and Mystique, mm-hmm. um, who was posing as Beast. Apparently, I called it. I don't remember calling it, but I did. Nice. So people reminded me and said I was right. That's great. <laughs> um, uh, but they are they're trying to uh, to Psylocke is kind of like the leader of this team, mm-hmm. and they after being uh, attacked by the Shadow King, who was the kind of main bad guy in the Legion TV series this year. Yeah. Um, this is like now a battle between them and him in his realm of of, of the mind. Um, oh, I also love that. Um, what's his name? Um, Bishop is a, is a, is a character in yeah. this book too. 
Love Bishop. Um, so this is quite a confusing issue because uh, it is like a battle in the mind. Yeah. And I didn't like, I didn't really enjoy this issue. And I think it's because this leans very heavily on that sort of Chris Claremont era. And when it was all very soap opery and introspective with um, the X-Men. And so this, li- this, sort of relied on you knowing a lot about the internal workings of a lot of X-Men that I'm not super familiar with. So um, my boyfriend Nate really, really liked it. He loved it. He thought it was like a really great issue. And I just didn't have a lot. Um, Let's hear from Nate right, right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> talking about X-Men. Right. X-Men too. You like this one? It's the best comic of the year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of like, so the Shadow King, when, when someone dies, he can absorb their life their life force uh, okay. which is why you have like you know Charles Xavier is right, in his right. mind and also you've got like um, who, who died in that um, uh, what's his name the, the multiple multiplying guy oh yeah Jamie Maddox Jamie Mad- Madrox Madrox but. Um, he, he's, he's in it as well but the whole thing is like kind of it's like they're watching a play of their lives yeah and, and so Professor Xavier's spirit or whatever is altering their memory so they can figure out that they're not watching right yeah that's okay. so they can escape the Shadow King Right. It's confusing. It's still fun. Yeah. It's still really fun. It's just like, you know, it's 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 confusing, but I guess extremely rewarding if you hold those comics, which probably most of our listeners do, mm-hmm. quite dearly. Yeah. Um, and the soap opera part of X-Men books is actually like... It's probably like, the most appealing part of them. Yeah. It's kind of... Mis- it, it's missing in a lot of the X-Books these yeah, days. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I miss it. There should be more... Stop more, fighting clouds. More dating. More dating. Less fighting clouds. Um, so, uh, I want to talk about Black Panther and the crew, number five. Why not? Um, this is a this is just a bummer because yeah. I feel like this book could have been so much bigger and important. But knowing that this is the penultimate issue, um, we get a great introduction to um, uh, Manifold, so, Manifold um, the Australian Aboriginal um, teleporting uh, character, mm-hmm. um, Eden Facey is his name. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like he hasn't existed. Like he, it's been a four, there've been four issues so far. We knew he was part of the crew. This is his, his introduction. Yeah. And we, and it's an incredible introduction. The whole first half of this issue is him taking on the Americops mm-hmm. and it's awesome. It's really great. It's narrated by him. You get a great sense of the character that we don't really see in books that feature him. He's always kind of like just there to teleport people and fuck yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really, really enjoyed that, but the kind of tying back into who this character it always it always goes back to the the sixties Harlem in the sixties. Yeah, um, I find that distracting. I kind of wish yeah. it was more set in present day with all these black characters that that consider Harlem their home and are yeah. willing to fight for Harlem. Um, maybe just maybe I'm affected by this knowing there's only one issue of this left, and I'm just like, oh, this could have been so awesome. Yeah, and I think it also is like there's a lot packed into this issue, and you can start, like I don't know if this is how it was originally plotted out. But maybe, and maybe it's just the knowledge that it is finishing soon, but it felt very like they tried to fit a whole bunch into this issue and it didn't quite work for me. Like it was, felt a little bit rushed and crammed. You know? Totally. And like it's been frustrating having this six issue run mm. where they only introduce one character per 
issue. So we're finally, like Manifold was the last to be introduced. Mm. And finally he's introduced and then there's one issue for them to fight as a team and then that's that. Yeah, that sucks. And I have similar frustrations watching The Defenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, which just started on, uh, on Netflix over the weekend. A lot, of, uh, a lot of our community has already watched it. Um, and there are mixed reviews on our Facebook page. You can go oh, really? facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast. Majority of people are enjoying it and I'm certainly That's enjoying good. parts of it. But uh, Everyone hates Iron Fist. That's the only thing I'm getting. Iron Fist. He's so <laughs> bad. Um, I said like, I, I, I tweeted out like a drinking game that you mm. can do when you, when you watch The Defenders. And the drinking game is you just drink a beer normally while watching. Mm-hmm. And then whenever Iron Fist is on, you watch something else. <laughs> it's a nice. great drinking game. You get smashed. Um <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, like it's just really frustrating because you've had like so much lead up of of of, uh, of these you know Netflix series introducing each mm. of these characters, and there's so many conversations that I had that I feel like could have been used in their series, which people complain were too long and unnecessary anyway. Mm. And so like they they don't they're not they don't even they don't even see each other like you know in the first and second episode. Right, okay, yeah. So it's like it's just like come on, just get the gang together. We don't need like, like when are they going to get to the fireworks yeah. factory? <laughs> Exactly. And I think it's it's also disappointing having like this is a f- this is a comic where I think Manifold is written really well. So well. And we very rarely get to see that and it would be fun if we got to see Coates have more time with this character and develop it um develop him further but we're probably not going to get that. Yeah, by the way this this comic was written by um Tanahisi Coates with pencils by Butch Geis, Mac Chader and Stephen Thompson. I love Butch Geis. And uh, inks by Scott Hanna, Chater, and Thompson. Colors by Dan Brown, Paul Mouse. It's a massive uh, creative team. So they're obviously really pushing to try and get this out. Yeah. But there's only one more left, baby. Sad. What a bummer. Uh, I'm talking about Spider-Man 2. Why not? Speaking of sad. (laughs) uh, Brian Michael Bendis, who put out another book this week that I quite enjoyed, but this one I did not. Uh, Incredible art by Sarah Pacelli. Um, Yeah. So my dislike of this book did not come from her at all. I love what she's doing on this book. Sarah Pacelli is like a classic Spider-Man artist for me. But this is about Miles Morales and Peter Parker trying to figure out who the Miles Morales of their the Marvel 616 universe is. is. It's a like it's already a pretty unnecessary book, but when yeah. it's so it's just, this is boring, right? <laughs> this is yeah. a boring book. So far, so far it is boring. There was like there were a couple of moments in this book where you're like, ah, oh, that's what Bendis is good at. Like, that's what Bendis is great at. Um, and like a little, you know, a couple of moments of like snappy dialogue between the two Spider-Men. That was pretty funny. And it had Taskmaster. Everyone loves Taskmaster. But um, I don't care. Well, so Peter Parker goes to the Ultimate Universe for, in the first Spider-Man book. And um, they have an adventure and he comes back to 616 and he looks up Miles Morales to find out who... The, who Miles Morales is in his universe and then the book ends with him going whoa like yeah. looking at his computer screen like totally shocked and we learn two issues into Spider-Man 2 that the reason he was shocked is that Miles Morales just didn't exist in in this in this version of the universe like it was just this unrem- or if he did it was unremarkable yeah there was just nothing there was nothing about this guy and they even in this issue like Ben like I know all writers in comics do this, but Ben just loves his own favorite characters. So he brings in Jessica Jones in this issue to investigate who Miles Morales is. And then she's like, oh, he's unremarkable. Or like, there's no one. There's, there's nothing. No one. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. I don't know. It just felt like Ben is saying, who cares? Yeah, but I think, I think because I assume that this dude whose face is all scarred up is the Miles Morales of this universe. And we're about to find out that he's like a big time crim or some shit. Yeah. But I don't, I don't care. Who cares? I don't care. I mean, I'm still going to read because I'm an idiot, but I don't care. If it was like, oh, 
it's actually Kingpin or something. Or yeah. it's actually Taskmaster. Or it's the from. president. Oh, yeah. That would be good. That would be really fun. We more, should write comics. More characters <laughs> should be the president. More characters should be the president. Uh, Silver Surfer 13 this week by Dan Slott and Mike Alred and Laura Alred. Um, it's just a it's, just, it's a beautiful series. Mm. And lately, every issue has been about life and death. Ooh. And this one explicitly is about the death of one of the main characters of this book. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I thought it was just a... a, a you know it's not going to be a long-lasting death, mm-hmm. but... It has so much pathos and weight to it in spite of that. Yeah. Well, I assume. It could, it could be wrong. It could, this could be a permanent death. Um, but uh, it, was, it was a really, really beautiful issue. And oh. um, uh, I, think, I, I think we're nearing the very end of this series. So I'll talk about the series at length when the final issue comes out. But I very yeah, much cool. enjoyed this issue. Hmm. People it's, love that book. Yeah. It's, 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 How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's excellent. I think yeah, I when, it. Yeah, when, when it all gets collected, you, would, you, would, you should binge to it. It's really, yeah. really fun, and it doesn't tie into... It's, it's in its own Woo. little corner of the Marvel Universe. That's Great. my favorite thing. Yeah. Um, and it's cosmic, just like Guardians of the Galaxy number eight. Nailed or it. new Guardians of the Galaxy number eight. I've stopped reading this book. Really? Yeah. It's just wasn't for me. I hate those characters. Yeah. But. I don't, yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> no, like, I mean, I've, there's context in which, like, I like Rocket Raccoon and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm a hater. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. It's one of my favorite Marvel books, uh, written by Jerry Duggan. Um, I thought Aaron Cuda would be, like, the regular... Because they've been doing like fill-in artists for these issues that focus on particular characters within the Guardians, and then Kurt has been. I thought he was just going to do like the regular issues, mm. but this has a, a Marcus Toe. Um, okay. 
uh, doing doing art on this issue, which is just the, kind of like the regular issue, mm-hmm. and doing a fine job. He was the guy that did that Joyride book. Yep. Through Boom, that was okay, but it was with great art. Uh, he's good at drawing spaceships, and he does does it a lot in this issue. Nice. And it's just basically a, a fight between um, uh, between um, what's his name, uh, Star Lord. <laughs> nice. And a raptor, which is that guy with it, that kind of looks like Dark Hawk. Oh, I and, thought you meant a raptor. Oh, that would be cool too. That, that would but be uh, the, the raptors have, have poisoned Rocket Raccoon, so he's dying, and they need him to help fix the Milano, their spaceship. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's fun. It's kind of what I want from from the Guardians. It's it's a it's still a heist book, hmm. um, but it it explores their relationships really really well. There is hmm. that soap opera element to them. They you know they're forced to admit that they care for each other. That kind of stuff. I get it. What about your losers? <laughs> I care for you, Shinbone. <laughs> <laughs> um, also in the cosmic realm uh, is Royals by Al Ewing. Again. This is another book that I gave up on. Um, Sorry. Uh, uh, on this one, I really like it. I, I got excited because the um, the front cover is uh, by our boy Sanford Green. Mm. I thought he would be doing feeling the, the, the interiors, but he's not. The uh, interiors in this one uh, is by Kevin Lebandra, Lebandra, but I really like his, uh, his art too. Um I'm I'm keeping with this because it flashes forward to a world in which Maximus the Mad is the last living inhuman mm. and um Nova like what's his name Marvel boy mm-hmm. has become the accuser. Mm. Um and See I, that was the most compelling part of the series. Yeah, me. and so we get glimpses of that and that's really really fun. I'm also enjoying actually I'm still I still keep it anyway. I, mm. I I like Al Ewing and I like the Inhumans and um the the current stuff is like all about the relationship of Crystal and, and Ronan, which I really enjoyed, and uh, just them pushing forward. I, the only thing I don't like about it is Medusa's dying. That's boring. That is boring. <laughs> we know she's not going to. Um, but um, I love that this book um, will, like, and Al Ewing's really great at doing this in all his books. He'll always kind of recommend other books that tie into the characters that he's using. Yeah, that's that, useful. In Marvel's library of books. And this has no less than 10 books that he recommends you read to get the full story that he's trying to tell here. Whoa. And I've read eight of them. That's impressive. Pretty good. Mm. Thanks so much. <laughs> um, Secret Empire, Brave New World, the anthology Secret Empire book. Did you read this? She did. I did. I She's did. Very... <laughs> um, I only read this because it has a Blade story. That's the same. I was like, oh, I'm not going to read that. And then I was like, ooh, Blade. And not just a Blade story, but a Blade story drawn by Wilfredo Torres with art by, sorry, and written by Simon Spurrier. Fun. That is high pedigree Marvel stuff. Sure is. And... Um, it's really, really fun. It is basically like, you know, while because most of New York is in that dark dimension, mm-hmm. um, schools are having to call on all kinds of uh, random people to help teach lessons. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't do a good background check on uh, on Blade and he ends up teaching a, a school because he thinks there's a vampire mm-hmm. posing as a child in there. Mm-hmm. And so he makes them do a bunch of like weird activities like spraying them with garlic spray mm-hmm. and um, and finger painting with um, paint that's been mixed with holy water <laughs> to try and find the vampire. And um, it's a fun, you know, kind of ending. Mm. Um, the art is spectacular. Yeah, really so good fun. Alfredo Torres is the best. Why don't we have a Blade um, comic? There should be a Blade series. I know, I don't get it. Like whenever, like, Everyone loves Blade. Everyone fucking loves Blade. Yeah. So um, I realize I'm swearing in front of your baby a lot. Uh, this, get- is a, this is a child who's going to be used to swearing. Okay, cool. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> um, uh, it just seems unreasonable to... Yeah. It, I, re- I really, really enjoyed this. And I actually realized that I really enjoy Simon Spurrier mm. as a writer when he's working in someone else's playground besides his own. I like him. I like him in all the playgrounds. I don't know. I, 
we're going to talk about Godshaper later. Late, later. But, oh, are um, we? Damn, did I miss an issue of Godshaper? I reckon you would not be able to get through that issue. Mm, interesting. I think he gets, like, I think he's, and then, and then there's a preview for a new book that he's doing in the image books this week as well. Yeah. And he, he just introduces too many crazy concepts. He's got a lot of ideas. He's got so many ideas, and I like when he, like, works in Marvel. Like, you know, he did that great Ghost Rider story a while yeah. ago, X-Men Legacy I love. Um, and he still introduces in, these insane concepts, but they're not grounded because superheroes aren't grounded. But they're but restricted. Exactly. And I think that really works for him. And I really mm. loved his little take on Blade in this fun world. But also Hookjaw. Well, I mean, Hookjaw's not his own property. That's him, again, working in someone else's world. Ah, Hookjaw's the world like a, of sharks. The world of crazy sharks <laughs> that have hooks in their jaws. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. So, and, and again, that wasn't like a hard sci-fi or fantasy book, which yeah. is what he loves writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Anyway, look, I, 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 the, the battle of backups in this were pretty pointless. There was an assassination attempt on Emma Frost by Domino. Yeah, that was dumb. Um, that was Dom. I think <laughs> uh, and then the finale of that bizarre Namor story, the less said about that, the better. Oh, I didn't even read that. Completely pointless. I read the Domino one that was like all about how hard it is being hot or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah. No, but she was describing well, Emma Frost as being the hot one, not yeah, herself. But it was still... She was still in a bikini In a bikini. Hot, it was so whatever. ridiculous. Hey, Domino is sometimes an X-Man. Did you read an X-Men book this week? <laughs> I like how committed you are to doing um, Good segues. Seats. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, I did. I read X-Men Blue. It's because I'm a professional nine. podcaster. I agree. Uh, X-Men Blue. I, I dropped this. Should I pick it up? Uh, nah. This is mostly about Polaris. Everyone's least favorite possible daughter of Magneto, pretend <laughs> daughter of Magneto. Everyone said, thinks the same as that. <laughs> I think uh, so. Of the two. This book's been a letdown. Uh, yeah. I think the problem with this book is that it always has Art Adams covers, which you get really excited, you immediately yeah. are like, ooh, and then the um, insides. Not that like, the art's bad or anything, but it's just it's not an Art Adams comic book, and that's disappointing. Another book I dropped, Luke Cage by David F. Walker. Oh, I didn't actually read that issue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Looks like Siobhan's dropped that too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, back to Bendis. Um, I read issue 10 of Invincible Iron Man. This is the Riri Williams book that has art by uh, Stefano Caselli, colors by Mate Gracia. Um, and this uh, current arc has, um, after basically defeating someone who um, was kind of in charge of Latveria, now that Doctor Doom is not part of Latveria anymore, um, uh, Riri Williams realizes that that makes her the ruler of Latveria. That is so, some complicated politics. <laughs> is that it, is that how you win Latveria just through combat? Yeah, I guess so. Cool. Um, and so this sees her as the ruler of Latveria for one issue. Amazing. And she'll come to find out what the fuck's going on, and uh, she send, gives them a list of demands, and uh, they are like, okay. And and so now everyone in Latveria has schools thanks to Rhea Williams. Cool. It's, this was actually a really sweet issue. That's cool. nice. I, I really enjoyed this. I wish it tied in. I wish that all the stuff that um, Ryan North had set up about. Latveria was canon. Yeah. They had to they had to continue that on in any other book set like, there. We would be the Marvel universe would be infinitely better if Ryan North's stupid rules yeah. were, were were canon. I like how often he says in the comments of things. Now that's canon. canon. I think Chip does the same. Yeah, it's the best. Great. Um, so yeah, Invisible Iron Man was really great this week. One of my favorite Marvel books. Uh, and finally, Star Wars number thirty four. Did you read this? I just. I- I've decided that I just don't want to read any more Star Wars comics. Yeah, I get just it. Just on a whim. I probably should do the same thing. Uh, although, that said, I liked the writing of this book, just not the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Aaron with art by Salvador LaRocca uh, doing just like very crass photo referencing. It's not so much the photo re- referencing I don't like. Like, in fact, someone in our community even like pinpointed because Lando is a big part of this mm. issue. And uh, it's great just seeing like a very recognizable likeness of Billy D. Williams, but he was able to find the photos, the stills <laughs> from Star Wars that he was referencing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but it's it's the finishing. I don't know. I don't know if it's La Roca because I, I have liked La Roca's work quite recently. But the colors by Ed, Edgar Delgado, I don't like at all. Okay. And it just it makes these like everyone's faces are so fucking shiny. Mm. Um, but we got some great Landoisms uh, in this fun book, which sees her, him and Sana. Um, the mm-hmm. once wife of Han Solo mm-hmm. um, team up um, to basically like, uh, you know, like they're, they're both smugglers and they both basically just like rinse a bunch of people out of money. Fun. Um, it's And it was fun. It was just like Sana playing the long con and it was a good little one shot from a writing point of view, but that art is just so distracting. Mm. Those are our Marvel reviews. Let's uh, move on because uh, it's a great seeing everyone. That was written by Jason Aaron. And he actually wrote oh the God. first image book we're going to talk about. And that is The Grand Return of Southern Bastards, uh, the book that he does with Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our listeners, Richard, who is at Sydney Comic Book Guy, yep. Sydney CBG. Sydney CBG. On Instagram, uh, 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 an account that I love following. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he, he mentioned this week in our group that... Um, when he thinks of Image, the two titles that his mind goes to straight away are Saga and Southern Bastards. And I would completely agree. They're probably, they're, if not my, you know, my, my favorite kind of ongoings, they're just like when I think of a really, really quality image title, they, those are the two books that my mind goes to straight away. But isn't away. it funny how like the, the sort of core concepts of what Image are, what Image is as a company has changed so dramatically so from dramatically. like Spawn and Young Yeah, totally, yeah. Um, so Southern Bastards is an extremely grim book about uh, like football in Alabama. Yeah. Uh, and um, and its links to crime, you mm-hmm. have all these fantastic crime figures. Um, and, uh, you know, it has uh, racial politics mm-hmm. and uh, barbecue mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of murder. Yeah. It's and like, what's that TV show? It's about politics. I mean, charmed. It's, no. it's charmed. You're talking about charmed. charmed. Talking about charmed. No, you're talking about, about uh, green lights, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, exactly. This is like Friday Night Lights, dirty older brother. Yeah, this is this is like if Jason Aaron wrote. Like, it's like he's like <laughs> yeah. he is the version of that you want to yeah. combine it with. Jason Aaron crossed with Friday Night Lights, um, and like Jason Latour has such a um, like is equal creator in this book. Um, yeah, for sure. Like his his absolutely stamp is all over it. And so I don't know if you read the the the, the letter section at the end. Yeah, but, really uh, heartbreaking. Yeah, so this, this book has been delayed because uh, Jason Latour's father and also the editor of Southern Bastard's father both passed away this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jason Latour includes the eulogy that he uh, he said at his father's funeral, which mm-hmm. was very heart- heartwarming. Yeah. Um, and you yeah. may realize how much this uh, this book is about fathers. Yeah. W- be they actual fathers or like the, the father figures that are coaches of football teams. Mm. Um, but I thought this issue was was brilliant. There were moments where I was like, who's that again? What's yeah, happening? Yeah. But they weren't any, anywhere near as bad as they were in Sex Criminals recently. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, there were a couple of moments where I sort of had forgotten and I'd quite like to go back and um, do, a, do a solid reread of this book. I mean, yeah, I'd quite so like good. to do it anyway because it's yeah. just, it's just my fa- one of my favourite books. Absolutely. It's, always, yeah. it's such so, a beautiful I've, book as well. Like it looks incredible. Like Jason Latour is such a um, huge talent in comics. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, like as a writer, and, but also as, an, as, an, yeah. as an artist, especially when he just like, his personality just drips all over the place. Absolutely. Like, you know, he, 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 he makes these characters that Jason Aaron writes real. Yep, agreed. It's great. There's so much movement in in uh, in every page too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's spectacular to look at. Um, a recent image favorite is Kill the Minotaur, um, mm. which came out through Skybound uh, issue number three this week, which is uh, written by Chris Passetto and Christian Cantamessa, um, and uh, art by Lucas Kettner, colors by Jean Francois Bellou. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is about um, being trapped in a labyrinth and having to fight the Minotaur. 
Classic. The labyrinth is like this living thing that we learn is the only thing keeping the Minotaur from being set free Mm. so so it can claim the entire world. It's a really, like, interesting, icky interpretation of both the maze and the Minotaur. Yeah, absolutely. And you have, like, these, you know, it's Greek. Yeah. yeah, it's like lots of ancient Greek myth. I feel like that's a question I ask every time I have to talk about this and many other books. Um, but uh, it's modernized, like, you know, that they swear. Mm-hmm. And normally it's like, oh, that's crass, but it's not. It actually totally yeah. suits the genre, which is like a horror book, mm-hmm. basically, um, set in the labyrinth. Um, this book it really is. Yeah, I mean, this book is just like you, you learn more and more rules, and mm-hmm. it looks like we're going to learn how the labyrinth came to be in the upcoming issues. It's not the book that I thought it was going to be when I loved that first issue at all, but I still love it. Yeah, I'm sort of like, because, I mean, spoilers, guys, but it looks like the Labyrinth may not have have an extraterrestrial origin. Yeah. Which I'm sort of like, I kind of wish it had just been a straight up Greek myth and legend book. Yeah. Um, Like magic. Yeah. Like, I feel like we've seen a bit of like a kind of, ooh, crazy twist. Yeah, totally. Classic, Image books love the sci-fi twist. Absolutely. Um, But I'm still totally on board and keen to see where this goes. And I really like the art. The colors are really nice. The, like, good character development, even just in the three issues. Um, I really enjoy this. I'm on board. Yeah. I mean, I love that, like, I don't know. I feel like Skybound's having a really great, great mm. year with some of the new titles they've introduced. Yeah, isn't it's... Skybound? Isn't Skybound just? Are we going to make a bunch of TV shows based on Skybound properties? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think uh, signing up with Amazon, interesting partnership. But uh, I mean, between this and um, Extremity, mm. are, but definitely those are the two highlights. Of yeah. The year for me. Um, Regression has had its fourth issue this week. This is Cullen Bunn, Danny Luckett, and Marie Engers. Uh, real gross, uh, like, posi- like. Demon Possession book. Yeah, really scary. What a scary book. Um, yeah, but it's still, it's also very fun. Yes. Um, so, like, a, a young guy has been possessed by, like, a, a, a bug demon. Mm. And, like... Uh, One of his past lives who was, like, a horrible, like, Jack the Ripper-style murderer. So, um, a lot of this has to do with hypnotism. And did you mm. read the back manner? Yeah. Isn't that really interesting? Cullen, Cullen Bond's dad, at one point, was a hypnotist. Was, like, a stage hypnotist. That's so insane. That's so fun. I'm, like... Write that story, please. Please, I want yes, to, please. I want, I want to see a comic based on having your dad as like a, a, a like a town a ta- yeah. town traveling hypnotist. Yeah, that's insane. He includes like the um, flyer that oh, his like, dad. Look, we've read a lot of Colin Bunn stuff, but you know what I've never read is like a, a a true to life grounded kind of family drama. That would be amazing. That would be super interesting. That would be and something he, I would be really keen to read. He tells a story about his dad using his like you know hypnotist skills to help stop someone from dying after a car crash. Yeah. Crazy. I want to read that. Like, I still enjoy this, but I want to read that instead, please. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. I, I feel like Colin Bunn's life story might be way more interesting than all of his comics. <laughs> <laughs> Which is no slide on his comics. But no. like, that's a very interesting life. It really is. Uh, so I read a few image books that... Um, I did not. Woo! Didn't, I have um, a tiny baby. Keeping in the horror theme, um, Winnebago Graveyard by um, Steve Niles uh, with art by... Um, Alison Sampson and colors by Stephane Petro. Uh, this is actually, I think this is the penultimate issue of this. So there's one more issue of this um, book in which a, a family um, travel in Winnebago to a town that uh, basically is full of monsters that eat families that travel in Winnebago's. Nice. Um, Specific. I know people, a lot of people are really frustrated with the way Steve Niles writes. He, it's very kind of like moves quite quickly. Mm. Not much really happens. 
but there's something I think I look I think when you read so many books you actually I, you learn to appreciate a book that moves along in a brisk manner mm. and I, I, I really enjoy the pacing of Steve Niles's books mm. so um, I'm definitely going to finish this one out and talk about it at length when uh, when it finishes. Nice. Um, Descender this week, um, the Jeff Lemire book that not enough people talk about. Mm. Um, with art but by every Dust- time I see it, I'm like, oh, God, I've got to read that. Art by Dustin Nguyen. This is like kind of like the big event at the moment where issued two issues into Rise of the Robots. Mm-hmm. This is a book uh, set in space in which uh, robots have destroyed much of the Earth and indeed the solar system. As they will. Um, and uh, this kind of sees both factions... Um, in the middle of a massive war between man and robot um, and uh, features an unbelievable cliffhanger, um, which is, which was great. Not, it's like, you know, that, like, you know, someone, you know, that, that classic kind of uh, comic book cliffhanger where someone gets stabbed in the back with a, nice. with a massive sword. Yeah. That doesn't happen in this, but the, oh. uh, the, uh, the sci-fi equivalent does. Can I tell, I, I tell yeah. you what? So a character, this is not really a spoiler. It kind of is, but I'm not going to be, say who it is. Who cares? A character gets shot in the back with a laser from a robot whose head has been severed. So he's holding his severed head, which his eyes are shooting a laser out of. That is classic. That's real awesome. Yeah, that's really good. It's <laughs> a great issue. Um, and uh, genuine stakes. Pick characters are dying and being picked off and, mm. you know, and, like, and uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds, thousands, sorry, of, 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 uh, of human soldiers are dying as well in this, in this war. So there's massive stakes in this book and I don't know what's going to happen. Jeff Lemire knows how to make you like care about characters totally um and so did robert kirkman uh, in <laughs> many of the earlier issues of invincible but as this uh series comes to an end with uh, his final arc the end of all things part seven of 12 issue number 139 um with art by ryan otley uh invincible is just kind of doing that thing where they're just kind of plowing through characters and mm. some of them are dying some of them are getting like you know ripped apart and some of them are getting saved mm. it's just like i kind of just wish you know, I think I would, I would, what I should be doing is just waiting and then just binging it all in one hit mm. because you just get this like glimpse of a battle in which a bunch of horrific things happen. Mm. Um, and uh, it looks like the battle is now going to take place on the sun itself, which is kind of fun. Kind but of cool. I think I kind of wish he just released all of these together as a graphic novel because yeah. like something horrific happens to a different character just in each issue now. And it's just like, okay, I get it. going with that. Yeah. Um, but uh I think that they are the 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 tides are turning in the mm. battle as of this issue. So, um, fun, cool. It's still it's still immensely readable. It's Kirkman, you know, yeah. he, he always is. Um, over to DC now, and uh, speaking of wars, the war of jokes and riddles this is the most segues we've ever had. It's in one very issue impressive. I'm, I'm going for a uh, in the segies. You got to do it for and every it, single issue. Okay, is that a challenge? All right, <laughs> yes. I'll, seg- I'll see the rest of this episode. Um, Batman, issue number 29 by Tom King and uh, Mikhail Janin continues the war of jokes and riddles between um, the Riddler and the Joker and all the different bad guys that have sided with one of them. Um, this was like, my, I think, my favorite issue of this arc so far. I enjoyed so this fun. so much. I love Tom King's version of the Joker. That's my key takeaway. I would read this version of the Joker all day and night. It's yeah, so I agree with you. So fun. He's like decidedly evil and has killed so many people, but there's... But a- he's also really funny. He's actually funny. And there's a level of class to him, which yeah. I think is one of the things that Heath Ledger's take on the Joker kind of removed. He yeah, yeah, he became like, like gross. Like, gross, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I like, you know, he's, he's the clown prince after all. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, so this this sees um, Bruce Wayne acting as mediator as he and Alfred host um, the Riddler and the Joker in Wayne Manor for a proper uh, French degustation, a dinner party. Yeah. And uh, each arc of this issue 
is um, introduced with a different course. And um, props to Mikhail Jenin for looking up what fine dining French cuisine looks like because yep. it's it's bang on. Yep. It really, really looks like something you would eat at a very high-end restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically, Bruce Wayne just wants to end the war. Yeah. And without letting on his ba- that he's Batman, he allows his money. He basically says whichever, whichever of the bad guys makes the better case, he'll fund them to destroy the other so the yeah. war can be over and Gotham can stop suffering. It's a hilarious plot. It, it's a completely ridiculous plot. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it was an immensely enjoyable issue. Um, and uh, I like that he sends them he sends them home immediately after dessert without the formality of offering them a drink or coffee. Yeah, that was good fun. <laughs> and he was being... like, oh, mother would be, mother yeah. would be furious. <laughs> I like how much of a weird mummy's boy <laughs> um, Tom King's Batman is. Makes I, a lot of sense. I like a lot of weird things that Tom King introduces in this run. Yeah. It, I feel like it's absolutely his and no one's going to use any of the things that he sets up. Yeah. Um, which is fine. That's totally good fun. Um, but yeah, there are a couple of really good Joker moments. Like the bit where he's like... Batman's like, make your case as to why you should be the one who gets to kill Batman. And the Riddler has this really like elaborate thing. And the Joker and just goes... page of his elaborate ruse, yeah. And the Joker's just like, because at the end of the day, I'm the Joker and he's the Riddler. And who cares about the Riddler? Hilarious. Real good. And it's so funny because this version of the Riddler, who's like got... Like, I'm not really on board with sexy Riddler. He's not really sexy. He's kind of like, like alt-right shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like shirt unbuttoned to his navel with a big question mark, like... Is it carved into his chest or tattooed on carved, his chest? Yeah, Either way, scar. it's so silly. Um, yeah, I would, I would, I would find the Joker. Um, I Batman. Oh, oh, fuck! I need a Sieg. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, just going to say over in Superman. I'm like, that was perfect. Yeah. yeah. That- <laughs> but uh, you know, like, so Batman is really great at the moment, and a few of the other kind of you know main characters of DC are great at the moment. But uh, Superman is, which was once like my favorite. Uh, of the rebirth books is yeah, it's really, really strange at the moment. Yeah. After those bizarre political issues, mm-hmm. we now get a um, a fill-in writer in um, what's his name like she- Steve Champagne or something. <laughs> Steve Champagne's a good name Keith, though. Keith Champagne. That's better. It's better. Um, but with uh, art by Doug Mankey, um, this is just a straight up. Uh, Superman trying to f- solve a bunch of missing children case in Metropolis. Turns out Parallax is behind it, mm. and uh, he merges with Parallax. And then Sinestro, who looks nothing like the fucked up version of Sinestro that we've seen in Green Lantern, uh, comes to battle Parallax, aka Super Parallax. Yeah. I mean, it's cool because you get to see Doug Mankey drawing um, Sinestro again. Shatterstar hated it. Shatterstar fucking hated it. Christ. But now he's gone back to sleep, so it's all going to sleep. If we stop talking about Parallax, maybe we'll <laughs> stay asleep. Oh, hang on. I'm going to <laughs> Yeah, it's just bizarre that like, this, this book was. Like the family dynamic of yeah. the three of them, and uh, this just feels like you know, like I don't know, like he's, he's, it has the kids element, but it just like this just is just a boring Superman story that yeah. doesn't tie into what I loved about the book. And totally. I, I wonder if I hope it will get back to what made that book so great. But yeah, this is, yeah, it's just like it's really boring. I can't really be bothered with Superman's parallax. Like that's that's dumb. obviously this is gonna last like an issue or two. Yeah, agreed. but um, but like I just I I, I loved that that Lois John. And Clark mm. dynamic. Um, the move from Hamilton. As a father. <laughs> um, and uh, it just is now just completely gone. Like, I think Action Comics is by far the more superior of, uh, of both the Superman books at the moment. Mm. Um, are we going to have to pay Shadowstar to appear in our podcast? With yeah, his, with he needs a watch. Diverse opinion. Oh, he needs a movement watch? <laughs> yeah. Okay, movement, you need to make a, a little baby watch. 
<laughs> and he's a really tiny baby too, so yeah. it's going to have to be really little. I got like Matilda, my one-year-old. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Like we're going to have to just have parent talk every yeah, now and then, it's so good. and deal with it, listeners. <laughs> um, uh, deal deal with it, mostly angry teenage listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my 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 little daughter is like she's like the size of a six-month-old. Yeah. Except she's like a one-year-old. But she looks giant to me. Yeah, yeah. But she's she's teeny tiny. She says like she has like a little baby head. But yeah. she she's like as sprightly and fun as a one-year-old. It's real. It's a real fun little little kid I got. Yeah, she is. She is <laughs> extra adorable, guys. Um, do you know who's someone that doesn't have kids? <laughs> Wonder Woman. That's really good. Um, I asked um, Wonder Nicholas Woman. Scott. Why don't you have kids? I, I, I asked Nicholas Scott at um, Queens of Kings when she came along if um, do Amazons get their periods and she was like I don't know I'll ask Greg because she was like we spent so long like working out all the different things about the Amazons that we think like work when they were going into their um, rebirth run and I was like is that a thing that you considered like can they bear children kind of thing and she was like I actually don't know I'll figure that out that's a wild wild question yeah it really stopped the discussion (laughs) If you would like to um, ask female creators incredible questions like that that they can't answer, <laughs> you can uh, go to the next Queens of Kings. We just had there was just one on uh, on Sunday night. Yeah, they were talking about um, She Hulk, She Hulk, the Charles Soul um, Javier Poludo, Polido run, and I was really sad that I didn't go because that's one of my faves. Because a, a man ruined it for you. God, I hate men. A one month old man. <laughs> Stopped you from going out and celebrating women in comics. Because he was too cranky. Queens of Kings, look it up on Facebook. If you're in Sydney, you can come. And a woman, you can yes. come and discuss uh, comics uh, at Kings one month. Once yep. a month, every Sunday. It's really good fun. Um, so, uh, yeah, Wonder Woman, issue number 28, uh, written by uh, someone who I do not want to see leave this book because I think she has a great handle on the characters. And even when doing a smaller stakes story... Um, then what Rucker was doing, I feel like she's absolutely at home on the book. Mm. Um, I wish her name was written earlier in the book so I could tell you what it is. I think it is hard following on from like an arc that was that sort of huge character-defining, iconic book. Um, but yeah, I think that she is doing a good job. Shay Fontana is her name, and art on this is by is by David Messina, and uh, this is all about um, the relationship, the friendship between. Um, Etta Candy and and Diana Wonder Woman mm-hmm. um, as she basically like tries to stop a bunch of assassination attempts and talks about not wanting to lose a friend because mm. she's an immortal mm-hmm. and she's going to lose a lot of her, her, her friends because yeah. they are not and I thought that was really sweet but it wasn't heavy handed and um, I just I, I, I think this is a really fun arc yeah not, not, you know and, and sweet arc too and I, I'm not I wish they gave her a longer run on this book instead of I mean, I like James Robinson. He's just taking over, but it's quite soon. And he's going to mm. do that dumb Wonder Woman has a brother arc. Oh, yeah. I don't want Wonder Woman having a brother. I mean, I'm interested. We'll see where that goes, I guess. But I don't I don't know. Like, James <laughs> James Robinson would not be my go-to to write an iconic female character. Yeah, me neither. Anyway. Oh, well. Um, maybe not an iconic female character, but what about an iconic underwater character? <laughs> <laughs> has James Robinson written... Um, Aqu- Aquaman before? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So. But um, this book is just a completely new feeling book after um, mm. being injected with uh, an incredible artist in uh, Stefan Sajic. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Abnett is still the writer, and um, you know we we dropped Aquaman when uh, when he started doing it on, at, on uh, Rebirth. I think I lasted nine or so issues, mm. one considerably less. I, think I had like one issue. Um, and now it's just it's just it's just awesome. so much fun. Oh my goodness! Atlantis is shut off from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. It feels very kind of like 
high fantasy, like Games of Thronesian kind yep. of uh, epic. There's there's wars. There's like all the different levels of classism within Atlantis. Yeah, you have like Mera on the outside on Earth, like talking to the Titans, and which yep. is great because it allows Steph Shawn Sajic to draw the Titans. Yeah, um, but it just you know it just feels like this completely different new like take on the on the character. Yeah, and uh, it looks brilliant. Yeah, it's such a good like it is immediately like a lot of people really were enjoying this um run before the art changed and i feel like i should maybe go back and reread it but it is like like can't say it enough comics is like a visual medium and artists are just as much a creator as the writer and it's so obvious in this arc and it's just like it's an amazing book now it's so fun it's like one of the best dc are doing yeah i love it yeah, um, definitely give the last few issues of Aquaman a shot. I don't even care when they reference things that I didn't read. Yeah, I really don't it, care. It, 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 Dan Abbott does a great job of holding your hand through it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, and just like you would hold the hand of your son, that's <laughs> not what the sons of the super, the, the dads of the super sons would do with their sons. Good. They let those birds free. So Superboy and Robin teaming up for Super Sons issue number seven, Planet of the Capes, in which a a Robin who has been made into an old man. Fun. Which is the bulk of the, the best parts of the issue were, was, was Superboy making jokes about him having to go to the toilet all the time because yeah. he's old now. It was really it was good. great. It was really good fun. And Superboy interacting with the Titans, despite the fact that he is not yet a teen. Yeah, that's, that was great. It was excellent. Very cute. Really, really fun issue. Um, this is, you know, it's, it's written by Peter Tomasi, who was doing a great, as good a job on this as he was, a good a job on Superman as he's on this. Mm. But um, this is still excellent. But the star of this book is Jorge Jimenez. Yeah. Um, just the the beautiful way he draws John Kent's eyes and glasses and smile. Like, he's he's the star of this book. This is his book. Like, yeah. you know, like Damien's just a foil. Yeah. And, um, but Damien is a hilarious <laughs> Hilarious. If you, yeah, if, if you want a foil, you can't go better than, than, than Damien White. But uh, I just love, like, just the look of joy on his face when something goes his way mm-hmm. versus the look of, like, just, like, sadness when something doesn't. Mm. He's a beautiful character. Yeah, I think that, and, and, and him missing from... Well, this iteration of him missing from Superman, I think, is why I don't enjoy the book as much as I did. Mm. Um, but here he is in Super Sun, so read this instead. Um, Superman, not present in Super Sons, but he is present in uh, Trinity, which is a book that I check back in on because it has a new writer now, Rob Williams, who huh. I've enjoyed over at um, um, on Super Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing that I can't remember. Nice. Uh, unfollow. I like it more than Unfollow too. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this is him um, with, uh, with great art, actually, by, um, by V. Ken Marion. And um, so this is that th- there have been several Trinities now. There, um, there's a trinity, of course, of Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. And then we saw, like, the evil trinity of um, Lex Luthor, Cersei, and um, Ra's al Ghul. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have the dark trinity, and you're going to love this, of Zatanna, Constantine, nice. and Deadman. Fun. That's really fun. And so this is, like, all... Well, Lex decided to leave the evil trinity, so it's eight of those characters interacting um, and... Uh, all of, and then also you have the other trinity, like the sidekick trinity oh my God. of Red Hood and the Outlaws. Right. Okay. Yeah. Except they've all been taken over by demons. Nice. So like Red Hood, he's like has like a big demon face and is trying to kill Batman, and it's up to Constantine to basically, uh, you know, exercise Bizarro and Artemis and, and Red Hood. Fun. It's really really fun. It was like this is like a stupendously fun issue. Um, so I'm I'm going to start reading Trinity again. Nice. And again, I don't really care that I missed a bunch of them. So like. 
that's what is, you want in a superhero comic. Exactly. Like DC, another, another example of them doing something that Marvel's afraid of doing mm. and doing it really well. Yeah. Just, just putting a new creative team on a book and allowing the numbers to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, another book that I'm going to um, pick up again soon uh, because they tease something else happening very soon that sounds great. And I can't remember what the fuck it is. I'll, you'll know when I review it. <laughs> um, I read Injustice 2 this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you enjoyed the tiny little glimpses of Plastic Man in mm. Dark Knight's Metal this, this week, um, there was an entire issue all about the two Plastic Man. Plastic Man has, has a son yes. in the Injustice universe. And um, he doesn't want to be found. He's off the grid. And Superman tracks him down to his house and... Uh, uh, Plastic Man and his son are basically hiding. Every, they keep jumping from room to room, and every time they go to a different room, Superman, sorry, Batman's like, "You're the garbage can. You're the couch. You're the." Vi-. And it's just, it was really, really fun. It was really funny. Yeah, this is a great book. Tom Taylor and um, excellent art by um, someone whose last name is Redondo, which is a gr- as good a name just as a he really is at good, art. Yeah, really good name. Yeah, so yeah, this is a, it's, it's it's a really really fun kind of massive DC universe celebrating. I guess it's almost an event book, really. Mm. Justice, um, give it a, give it a little gander. Uh, finally from actually no you, you got some more DC books that I haven't talked about yeah so um, I also read issue 6 of Batwoman mm-hmm. by Marguerite Bennett and James Tinian the 4th and um, a new artist called Renato Alem um, I feel like this is I think this is the first um, issue in a new art called Pax Batmana right um, I say I think because I'm pretty sure I missed a couple of issues I definitely missed the end of the last story arc um, but this is I really really like this issue it's kind of a future set and it's like a cool alternate potential future where there's Batman is Batman is a bad guy guys and um, Kate Kane has returned to Gotham to restore the legacy of Batman because the symbol now means something totally different to what it did and Batman's become this sort of brother eye force and Gotham split into two different sections and Kate goes and you know meets up with Renee who's now the commissioner and Unreal. they sort of awesome. it, like I loved this issue it was such like really really good fun um I really highly recommend if you haven't if you've dropped off the Batwoman book and you're sort of a bit of a Batman like it, it's just yeah good fun Batman book awesome. I highly recommend Unreal um I accidentally forgot to read Cave, Cave Carson this week yeah I did read it and it was good but it is so insane that I have no idea what's going on and I don't know how to possibly explain it. So you just enjoy the pretty art and, and continue onward. Uh, so that's a young animal book. Um, I read a Vertigo book this week, which is another of DC's imprints. Um, Astro City 46. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, since they brought Astro City to Vertigo, um, I'm talking about Kurt Busiek and Brett Anderson, the creators of Astro City. Since they brought it back to Vertigo 46 issues ago, wow. um, it was about that they introduced a new character who was like this fourth wall breaking the little um, anime girl? No. Um, oh. He's like this purple guy oh. with green hair who's like a mix uh, between like uh, Labyrinth era Bowie. Nice. And the Sandman, like Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Same thing. Um, and he <laughs> talks to the audience constantly and he he he's never really been the focus of an entire issue. He'll just kind of like interrupt what you're reading and pass you on to something new and be like, oh, so you can see they're all tangled together, blah, blah, blah. And right. today, we, this issue, we learnt of his origin. And that he is like kind of related to that. There's a, a bunch of superheroes in this long running legacy of superheroes within Astro City that are, that's based on like the power of music. Mm. Um, and it's kind of tying into like that, that music isn't rebellious anymore and that he, mm. he needs to try and communicate via the reader to kind of make his point be heard. Okay. It's really, really cool. It's a crazy yeah. concept. And it's something that like when he, when he start, first started showing up in those early issues, it was kind of like, what's he, what's going on? This is dumb. Mm. But uh, it, you know, 
Buzek is an amazing writer, mm. um, and uh, he, he managed to make this quite enthralling. Mm. Um, he also is some a writer who is um, not not very well at the moment. He talks about the delays oh. and being, being sick. So I really really hope that Kurt Busiek is okay. Yeah, because I think Astro City took a massive hiatus to begin with because of his health problems. So hopefully he's able to uh, get better soon and have oh, to get well soon. Cut. Yeah, stop working. Yeah. Also, just you know, being healthy is good. Yeah, take it easy. It's real good. Uh, so those are our. Uh, DC reviews, our image reviews, and our Marvel reviews, which leaves us with a big blanket of other publishers, mm-hmm. um, including some of my favorite books of the week. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about Secret Weapons first? Let's do it. We talked about a Valiant book earlier um, that, that we liked quite a lot, but this book is just coming. This is so fun. Mine and many other people's favorite book each week it comes out. Secret Weapons, um, written by Eric Heisera. Heisera. Mm. Uh, art by Roel Allen and colors by Patricia Martin. Uh, this is a really fun book of a bunch of teenage sciats um, who are on the run from the law mm-hmm. because they, uh, you know, have have cool powers that aren't necessarily like you know super powerful superhero powers, but they mm. are still you know this version, this this universe's version of mutants, and mm-hmm. um, everyone fucking hates them and wants to wants to lock them up or kill them. Yep. Um, and this has some stunning action sequences in it and some brilliant character work. Really, like, this is a really fun book. This is a book that manages to be sort of contemporary and use, like, technology and stuff like that in a way that isn't, like, cringy. You know, like, we often talk about, like, you know, oh, people are using Twitter or whatever in the superhero book, and this treads that line, but it does it in a very, like, a feels real and good yeah totally like Insta- instagram is used in this issue yeah. to great effect without them being like i'll use my instagram or like yes. you know my whatever knockoff version of instagram this exactly. comic is writing um it's 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 the you know we, eric heiser is, is probably getting majority of the credit for this book but raul allen's art is really is good so great at, at, at telling the story you know and mm-hmm. like yeah i love i love this book yeah I love these characters as well. They've Definitely. done such a great job of like introducing these characters who work really well in the wider Valiant universe. Yeah. But also, um, like you could, this could be a totally standalone book. And this core of three teens, one of them has bird powers. One of them has the power to conjure random things um, from from nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, it's not very helpful. But mm-hmm. in this issue, he finally works out a way to be helpful. Yeah. Uh, which is great. And then a final, a guy who um, uh, can turn to stone. Mm. Um, I, I just think. Like the growth that we see from their, those characters, both as not only as superheroes but also as like just people growing. Yeah. I, I think it, it was really, really strong. I loved this issue. Yeah, really good. Um, I also loved issue two of Claudia and Rex. Man, Ulysses Farinas is doing such such great things, and like across the board with his own characters, and then also with like already established properties. Yeah. He's managing to be incredibly creative. Um, yeah, with his with his writing partner, to yes. get Eric Freitas as yes. well, um, and uh, art on this one by Daniel Irizari. Um, this is a, a three parter um, out through our favorite Lion Forge, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's about um, uh, a mother and her two daughters, and um, they ba- her two daughters basically get um, given the power of gods, who basically their their realm is being destroyed and they'll stop existing. <laughs> I know. Shadowstar would be so bad if the gods stopped existing. He just he just did the classic baby thing of smacking himself in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon uh, Claudia and Rex, a great issue, great, great miniseries and mm-hmm. one that we should definitely uh, look for the trade-off as a gift at the end of the year. Absolutely, I agree. The only time you can give gifts. Yep. 
the end of the year, the New Year's <laughs> Eve. Um, another issue I loved this week was issue eight of Motor Girl by Terry Moore. I have missed now two issues of this book because it sells out so consistently. Again. Really? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's reassuring. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's also one of Jim's favorite books. So he would be ordering more than mm. your average store as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so this um, basically, basically we're, we're, we're learning why our main character sees the, the, the enormous gorilla uh. that she sees. And it's tragic and, and, and warming at the same time. <laughs> it's, a, it's a brilliant book. It really, really is. Really, really brilliant book. It's studying PTSD and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and managing to be like quite fun and enjoyable. Mm. Um, you know, not that it should be, but it's just no. You know, but it's it just, a very it impressive does. thing. Absolutely, and it's and it's beautiful to look at too. Terry yeah. Moore's pencils are un- unbelievable. Um, there are some amazing comedic moments in this as well. Um, I, I really need to end this year uh, with reading way more Terry Moore works. Yep. In fact, um, I bought for us to do a very ambitious bonus episode soon. Okay, cool. I bought the one thousand and one. Comics oh, yeah. you must read before you die. I'm always interested in things like that. So I thought it would be fun. I haven't, I haven't even like skimmed through it yet, but I mm. thought it'd be fun if we like if we started the episode guessing how many we've read. I don't know if we could do it all in one hit. That'd be a lot. Like, <laughs> that seems like a lot. All, uh, I mean, if we, if we, we just, just have to go through and say yes or no. Yes or no. Yeah, <laughs> That'll yeah. be a fun couple of hours for everyone. <laughs> um, and then work out who's who's read more of the, of the two. Yeah, right. nice. It'd be fun. And and what gaps we want to feel. Yeah. Um, Fire also from Oni Press this week. I read the um, uh, issue issue number what's this one issue number two mm. of uh, Kaiju Max series three by Xander Cannon, um, a book all about uh, a bunch of big Godzillas in in, pres- in prison, Kaiju, uh, basically a, a mega prison for Kaiju, and um, I loved I love this book. It's, it's one of my faves. Yeah, I love how it's like kind of a, almost irrelevant that they're Kaiju. Yeah, it, it's it's almost like you know it's a very broad look at. Um, at, at race, race politics mm. and gender politics as well through the eyes of enormous monsters and, and uh, humans with the ability to be enormous robots. And that is how I would like all of all racial politics to be um, presented. But to this, this issue introduced um, basically where they get all their drugs from is from a bunch of enormous rabbits. Cool. Gangster rabbits on the moon. Nice. Fun. On the moon. Yeah, on the moon. Cool. Uh, God Shaper this week through Boom, uh, issue number five, uh, written by Simon Sperrier and art, art by Jonas Goonfa- Goonface. Nice. Almost, almost said Goonface. <laughs> um, so you didn't read this this week? No, I missed that as well. Um, uh, yeah, I just, like, I think this one, it's definitely, a, I, I, I enjoy some of the crazy concepts. I love the artwork, um, but I think it's time to wait for this one on trade because it is just too many insane ideas and it takes a lot of energy to get caught back up in his world each, yeah. each issue. Yeah, and it's like that is an extremely high concept book with like a couple of gaps in it which made it a little bit more kind of exposition heavy than perhaps I would normally enjoy. Yeah. Um, from Dark Horse this week, we got the finale of the Briggsland Lone Wolves little three-issue mini. Man, um, I I read this and I had forgotten so much of what's going on in Briggsland. Oh, really? Is- yeah. So basically, like, yeah, the, the, the two hikers stumbled across their their community, and um, they they took them, like, basically hid them, mm. um, and then the FBI started like interacting with the community, trying to find them. Um, written by Brian Wood, with art by Mac Chater, Lee Luridge, and Matthew Woodson. Um, it was a, a really great ending, but I'm just I'm confused as to what this series, what the future of this series is. Yeah. Obviously, it's going to keep going, but I thought it was going to be a TV series by now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm eagerly awaiting that announcement of when it's actually happening, and this is like the second little mini series. So I wonder if they're going to keep doing minis. 
Shatterstar would like it, an ongoing as well. <laughs> um, one more book from me, and that is uh, through Dynamite, um, the third issue of Magnus. Yeah, this is my final book as well. Oh, great. Um, I love the art by Jorge Fornes. Yep. And uh, I think Kyle Higgins is a great writer. Agreed. Um, but uh, this is another one that I think the world and the concepts are so huge that it's just it's, diff- it's a difficult one to read issue by issue. I really like this. It's sort of like... Robots. She's yeah. a robot therapist. She's a robot Bam. therapist. Bam. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure I didn't read like, I think maybe I read the first issue and then I missed the second issue, but I was totally on board with issue three and I'm really, really enjoying that Dr. Spectre backup that's yeah. going across all the Sovereign books. It's like hapless kind of like would be like yeah. Dr. Strange kind of figure that yeah. jumps into your mind to any, any like rudely interrupts people as they wait for an actual psychiatrist mm. and like tries to do things his way, but he's inept. Yeah. It's really fun. Really good fun. This, this sovereign stuff is, 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 is good. It's good stuff. Yep. Absolutely. So those are the other books that we read, but Siobhan, one of our listeners read a book too. And that's one of our, um, uh, Patreon contributors. Cool. Uh, if you'd like to become a pa- pa- uh, contributor to the show, the best place to go is patreon.com slash series podcast. And for um, some amount of money a month, you get all of the other perks. Plus, you get to contribute a review each week. Uh, and this time comes from Tom Burton. who had It's his like you're paying us week. to do our job. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he reviewed a book that we gave up on long ago that a lot of people will have, keep telling us to get back into. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Tom around, who needs us to do anything? Hey, uh, right. The book I'm talking about is Green Arrow Rebirth number 29. Oh, cool. Hard Traveling Hero Part 4. Green Arrow travels to Gotham in his mission to bring down the Ninth Circle and, of course, runs into the Dark Knight while infiltrating a Court of Owls human hunt. This issue continues the arc of having Ollie team up with a different leaguer each issue. That sounds fun. That is uh, fun. The beginning shows us that Ollie knows the rich playboy scene, but Bruce only fakes his part in it. I'm a huge fan of Juan Fer- Ferreria. Nope. Nice. Ferreria? Ferreria, yeah, sure. Uh, there's a Y in there. Um, art oh. And the darker direction he took it for this issue is so good. The argument between Bats and Ollie in the middle feels a bit forced, but I really liked them at the end with Bruce telling Ollie that he needs allies and he needs the league. Still mm. one of my favorite books, and I am so heaps keen, that's the language you like to hear, Hell to yeah. finally see Ollie team up with Hal again in issue 30. Fun. Awesome. They are best friends. Thank you so much, Tom for your second Thanks, fantastic Patreon contributor review. And uh, if you would like to do what Tom does, hit up patreon.com slash series podcast. Uh, and uh, you can hit us up on Facebook too. Facebook.com slash groups slash series podcast podcast mm-hmm. is our group, a Facebook group with uh, 1,700 members now. Whoa. Um, and uh, you can, if you want, uh, want to find a great place to discuss the Defenders, there's no better place on the <laughs> internet right now because everyone is talking about it. Yeah. Uh, except Javon. I haven't watched it. <laughs> I feel like I'm probably not going to. Um, you can also just find us facebook.com slash series podcast is our regular page. We are mm-hmm. on Twitter, twitter.com slash serious underscore underscore issues or individually at levdog and at Siobhan CBG. Woo. You can find us on Facebook too. On Instagram, sorry. On Instagram with those same nicknames. Mm-hmm. Is that everything? Serious issues yeah. at kingscomics.com if you want to send us an email. Anything from next week? Uh, next week thank you so much um, I actually took some screenshots of some nice. of my the books that I'm looking forward to picking up next week there's some good ones Siobhan yeah I'm excited um, so uh, I mentioned Kyle Higgins a mm-hmm. minute ago he's doing a Nightwing mini series called The New Order oh cool which starts next week six I'll read issues that. that'll be fun um, we get the I think my most anticipated generations book and it's the Mighty Thor book which is written by cool. um, Jason Aaron which will be fun excellent um, we get the second issue of the Alice Scott Generation Gone book. Oh yeah, did you like that? Yes, I did. Yeah, great. I can't remember anything about it, but it was I know about I the did. The hackers that um, get fed yes. the code that turns them into super beings. I did like that. Um, there is a brand new Boom book called Hi-Fi Fight Club, which looks wonderful. Cool. 
um, the writer of one of our favorite image books, Plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, someone, Wagner, Matt Wagner or something? No, Kurt Wagner. Oh. Kurt Wagner is Nightcrawler, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, he has a new book uh, through Image called The Hard Place. Cool. We get a new issue of Black Hammer by Jeff Lemire with special fill-in art by um, David Rubin. Yes. I love those yes. is- issues. Uh, and we get a new issue of Sabrina, The Chilling oh my Adventures God. of Sabrina, which is Whoa. insanity. I thought that we came out like a month ago. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. It's almost like it's a regular comic. That's, an, that's uh, And finally, intense. we get a new Valiant book um, written by Fred Van Lente um, and art by Stephen Segovia called A War, War Mother. Cool. So I look forward to all of those books oh, and more. What a good week. I'm yeah, excited. great week next week. Very excited. Massive week again for us. Need to try and uh, read comics over the weekend instead of trying to binge them all on, 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 on Monday morning. Mm. Actually, I won't be able to because uh, of my aforementioned uh, health potential problems. Oh, gosh. I, I'm getting a, uh, a camera down my throat. Oh, my, my God. Throat, that end. I, I thought it was going to be the other end, but no, it's going down my throat next Monday. That's the better option. Is, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so next Monday. So either we're going to try and record on Sunday or you may have to wait till Tuesday to get your serious issues. Thanks so much for bearing with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, for this thing that not, not all, like, that very few of you actually pay for. But, um, you know, the, the, it's, it's, it's a new and wonderful life for both of us. Mm. Um, well, m- mostly for Siobhan yeah. um, with, with kids. But as my kids grow older and become more difficult and become more accustomed to pissing their pants in burger restaurants, <laughs> uh, it's a, it's, it can be a hard life. <laughs> We're very uh, tired. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week for another issue of Serious Episodes. Nice. Did it. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.